Hi there everyone, and welcome to Mercurial Verse, a podcast exploring the lives, inspirations and writing styles of Scottish songwriters. My name is Chris Finnegan, and in this episode we're picking up where I left off in my conversation with Mark Deans. Just to remind you, Heather Bankhill, his new EP, is released on July the 13th, and you're very welcome to join him for his launch party on the 14th of July at Purple Orange in Bathgate. I hope you enjoy the rest of our conversation. And I always feel bad for saying like, oh, I'm a singer-songwriter, although playing in a working office, whatever. Um, because I hadn't written in so long. Do you know what I mean? I felt like I was getting to the point where I was a, a fraud even saying that. Do you know what I mean? I hadn't played properly in ages and I wasn't writing at all. And even now, do you know what I mean? I've got songs coming out, but they're, they're just kind of petering out and they're getting their wee bits and bobs that mm-hmm. are coming. Um, but I hadn't written in so long that I was like, I can't even say that anymore. Do you know what I mean? I'm a singer and I play songs that I've written ages ago but I don't think but you could put on a poster but you're not currently a singer-songwriter yeah exactly right. um, so I felt like a fraud uh, but then these gigs started coming and they started building up and there was more and more of them and just wee gigs wee daft things that were coming um, and obviously I remember Scott uh, the radio show mm-hmm. that it never was um, just, was just things from Frightened Rabbit yeah, yeah, ah, yeah Scott uh, Hutchison when he passed away I just got this insane feeling and um Obviously, I've lost people. Like I've lost people. Yeah. Um, but I'd never felt this way about somebody that I'd never really known. Like I'd met him uh, once and had like a two minute brief conversation with yeah. him. Seen him live once, but I think it's because he was ages. Obviously, he's a little bit older than me. He's like ten years older than mm-hmm. or something like that. But it comes from the exact same scene. Yeah. He's built up the exact same way we're trying to build up right now. He's yeah. came up through the same means. Um, he's written about stuff that I've written about mm-hmm. he's written about the fourth do you know what I mean as soon as it yeah. came out that he'd left the Dakota he just thought that's literally the, th- the Wednesday afternoon as soon as it they'd came out that he yeah. was missing he was like fuck's sake Scott do you know what I mean like yeah. but listen back to his songs do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I think he'd written his own Yoji before any, and he was always going to go I don't know how he'd went but the way they found him and stuff like that he was always going to go like that do you know what I mean he'd always talked about it that way didn't it I mean it seemed like a a well a well trodden path in his mind that's how it seemed absolutely devastating I remember the night I think the Wednesday night or the Thursday night rather before because it came out on the Friday morning really that it had been found Thursday night I was lying in bed and we were listening to Classic FM every single night Uh, and the one o'clock news came on and they were talking about it and they'd said that uh, oh Fruit and Rabbit singing Scott Hutcherson was seen (laughs) but it was like basically they'd said that three people had walked on the bridge and two folk had walked off their side and that was just like the, the worst feeling ever, man. And it was obviously like they were separate, but only two of them had walked off. Mm. Uh, so I knew. And then on the Friday, I woke up and I was going to do the radio before getting the go yeah. uh, And it was just devastating, man. Do you know what I mean? Um, and literally, I cried in the car. Do you mm. know what I mean? I was driving through the radio, mm. and Robin was like, Are you, are you fucking crying? <laughs> and I was like, This, this Listen, feels big, man. This it it was. And it, that's exactly how it feels. It was monumental because guys like you and me and the, the guy everyone around us it's all, we're all coming up the same way do you know what I mean and these guys have paved the path that we're going to walk because they've made the, they've made it massive again man Scottish music is ginormous now mm. uh, and that's guys like Jerry and Lewis and Franz Ferdinand, Franz Ferdinand and uh, like Texas do you know what I mean like, they're older now but these guys have, have made a really interesting and amazing scene yeah Biffy exactly man I've no idea how I, I skipped past Biffy I, 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 I uh, my kind of 
<coughs> hardly a claim to fame, but um, I went to Stowe College and did music technology. And uh, the the two the brothers from Biffy, the bassist and drummer, were in the year above me. And I never, I never like sort of knew them or, or like spoke to them or anything. I, I would have passed them in corridors here and there, and I kind of I knew who they were. I knew that like that, like they recorded their like like demos and stuff in the college That's studio awesome, and all that kind of stuff. And one of my first um, assessments was uh, mixing one of the demos that they had recorded like the year before or like the month before or something like that. That is extremely so cool. It is, it is very cool. So you got like, to mix a bit on early Biffy Clyde. I did. Man. I did. Um, so so yeah, like they were kind of like. Just early days when I was at college, and then uh, Black and Sky came out um, while I was still it was like two thousand two thousand and one, like I think Black and Sky. Shit. That was the, the, the first album I. Um, I think that's right. Um, yeah, and I, I sort of got into that straight away. Um, but yeah, awesome. I, I've always had a soft spot for Biffy, um, but, but Biffy. they are just. Do you know I have no idea how I've skipped over them. I love them. I, we saw I've saw them like six times. I've no idea how I skipped over them. Um, it's just I think uh, it's been a great show. Mm. So I mean I think they're the obviously we've got back, well, we've got people like Jerry who appeal yep. to the a, a very broad shall we say Scottish yeah, yeah. audience oh, of uh, Buckfest swilling people <laughs> and and again but, but that is a that, joke. But, yeah, but that that's it. But the, the kind of like basic kind of Scottish psyche. Uh, and I don't mean that in like the kind of fast swilling. Yeah. I just mean like he appeals to the like this is I suppose in, in many ways it's the, the folk songs of, of 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 back in the day. You know, like it's it's exactly. that kind of shared experience, that shared life. Do you know what literally um, that's the best way I've ever heard it described? Mm. Because it's exactly like that. Uh, I compared him once to Dylan because I was like he kinda of looks like I'm just gonna say that. But He's singing these songs. He's just singing about life, man. He's singing yeah. about stuff that he's know that he knows about, and they're simple. They're really. I told myself like his album about like a day and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, not maybe not even a day and a half. Like very quickly, it's, it's easy. It doesn't need to be complicated. And it, exactly, be but it's so sweet. Yeah. It's such a nice album, um, and that's what I love about it. And the fact, obviously, he's got the uh, the harmonies, even the small like one octave up. Mm-hmm. It does that sublime. Like it's just amazing. Um, I can't talk high enough about that. The Erratic Cinematic album is my album of the year last year. I'll, I'll need to go back and listen to it. Give it a listen, man. Right. Diamonds in the Mud, honestly, is like the, the best song released last year. It's awesome. awesome. Uh, cool. It's very cool. So that was, where are we? December time. <laughs> so January, I started to learn to drive. Um, just kind of decided to get on with life. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, so that was January. Skip forward a little bit. To April, I think we played at the Purple Orange again. I met you guys. Yep. Uh, met Stefan as well. I'd never met Stefan before. Before I saw him the first time. I'd I'd met him at Purple Orange about a year and a half before that. Like I didn't think it was long ago was that, but he'd he'd been away. Like he'd been living, um, in doing like, mad stuff. Yeah, yeah. For for like a year or so. Um. So it was a while ago that I met him at Purple Orange, and I'd really enjoyed his stuff. Um. So. Uh, yeah, I met Paddy like three years ago. Mm. So it was a long time. And there was like me, Paddy, there was Eva. I don't know if you met Eva. I don't think so. Um, she kind of disappeared. But like me, when, when I met Paddy, I felt a bit weird about it because Mick was like, there's this other guy, he's done similar stuff to you. Um, as you got on him. Mm-hmm. But he's like the nicest guy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hope he's listening to this. <laughs> but no, he's dynamite. No, I, uh, I'd kind of like, we played it at a couple of gigs. Um, I, I bumped into each other. A couple of things, but then last year at Party in the Park in Bathgate, um, 
I was I was playing a, a set there on the acoustic stage, and he was going to be playing the main stage later on. But he came over to see my set, uh, and while I was playing, my 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 capo, my my trusty Kaiser capo, just like the spring, and it snapped. And most of my songs require a capo, or I'm I'm stuffed. Um, so I was like, oh, uh, my capo's broken, and uh, like sort of he was straight across and like, giving me his capo. Like, like that's cool. Cheers, Paddy. Much appreciated. He's that kind of guy. He, I've used his guitar about six times. <laughs> like literally, there's been nights yeah, where, yeah. like the first time, I think one of the first times I tried to play live the PO, my guitar didn't work, uh, and it was just the electrical. I didn't, I didn't realize until literally about two months ago what the problem was. Right. And it's not my guitar now; it's Robin's. Yep. But when I went to play it, it wasn't working, and I was like, "What is this?" And it was just. Uh, I've then got a like a semi acoustic mm-hmm. Telecaster that night. Right. But there's been nights where I've been like playing these important gigs and Paddy stepped up and been like here's my guitar uh, gig in the goyle he was like, like honestly it's, it's like that and I, I don't know where I think I was using Robin's guitar for gig in the goyle I got it restrung mm-hmm. because mine's the, the pickups goosed so right. I don't have it yeah. um, but I got Robin's electronics fixed uh, but it doesn't have a strap button so I went and got got it restrung got to gig in the goyle didn't have a strap so I was like, I've got this big important gig and I've got a <laughs> festival band and I, they're making t-shirts with my name on it. Uh, well, I'm going to have to sit on the floor. I don't have a guitar <laughs> strap, exactly. So uh, Paddy stepped up. Uh, but you know, and again, I hope he's listening to this, but see like when he comes in, like when that, on Friday last week when he came mm-hmm. in, it's just like, it's like saying, like you're, he's a very, he's a very good friend. I love Paddy. We love you, Paddy. We love you, Paddy. And Stefan. Absolutely. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't want to. I'm stepping out of that <laughs> of, of, of the group love no totally big time I get that um, right so anyway that's me gigging the world was me uh, and then also Pie of the Palace mm. I think was me uh, end of May around about yeah for the for the purple orange group. yeah, yeah so yeah. it was the end of May uh, and Mick on the, the first night I played back Mick had said if you want to play it we'll get you on try and get you part of the palace and it was ideal do you know what I mean so uh, I just promoted promoted like mad mm-hmm. um, I've, I've got all these songs and I was like I'm so desperate not to I, I say desperate I mean like I'm, I really want to play it yep. I get that's what desperate means but do you know mm-hmm. what I mean um, but yeah desperate has different connotations yeah I'm not like desperate like oh my god I need to play I'm yeah, like I would absolutely love to play to with James yeah, do you know what I mean to say that, that I got one of the poster with James is quality. I might yeah. be right in the bottom. In, in, in the same tiny writing as mine. Ah, exactly, <laughs> man. Do you know, and I, I, I strove to get people to the gig, right? So uh-huh. when uh, when I found out the date that I was playing, I just started promoting. And I appreciated it at work and I was like, you guys need to come. I'm going to play with James if I can get through. Um, and people showed numbers, man. Uh, it was quality. I had a great night that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, Wait, what were we talking about a second ago? I totally forgot where I was going um, there. Oh, the poster hang. Oh, yeah. So I'd, I'd pushed and pushed to get numbers, and at one point I was like, oh, I'm going to headline. I'm going to headline that stage because I had loads of people there. And then when I, came, when I came off stage, there was a bit more people there. And a band had came, and they voted for themselves, and they uh, won by like three votes. So I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> but I don't know. I gave up on it. But you know, I was happy. I think probably the, the second headline is a cooler slot. In my opinion, oh, yeah, uh, it's uh, you're kind of like just just underplaying it a little bit. Yeah, I'm not too cool, just cool enough. Yeah, no, but legit, I'm super excited, and I was I'm so proud to be able to play. And it's uh, literally the James thing was the only reason I really wanted to play. Yeah, and that's it. Sounds daft, but again, I'm super excited to play it. 
but to be able to say that I'm on a poster with James, they're one of my favourite bands. And I, but that, that, that's that's very sweet though. I mean, that's yeah, that's the sort of stuff that makes even, a difference. You when know. the actual poster came out and they'd put the stage on top to bottom, mm-hmm. so like the headliners are at the bottom. It's like this is not even seem fair. But <laughs> I just I just can't. I don't even care. I actually don't even care. Yeah, I'm you're so still you're still on a poster with James and Texas and, and Cast and everyone and Grace and, and, and Melanie C. And Melanie C, who was my favourite Spice Girl. Well, and I enjoyed her post Spice Girl stuff. Well, there we go. Here, I was going to say earlier on, see when you were, I was dissing Robin's music test. That was a joke, <laughs> right? I, I take it back because it, she has always had good taste. But, uh, as could we were, be attested to by her Melanie C albums. No, no, this is where I'm going. This is, I'm throwing myself under the bus here, man. So when we're moving house, uh, we're going through my CDs and she was throwing all this shit away. And she came across a Peter Andre single, a beautiful, uh, Mysterious Girl. And she was like, what is this? And I was like, I'm not being funny. That's a great track. Right? And she <laughs> how, how literally post it, post it on Facebook and told everyone. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. But got it, got it on it. I got myself under the bus because yeah. that, she does have a good taste and my taste is extremely questionable. I, but to be fair, I mean, it's, it's one of these things, that, you know, it's, um, I, sometimes you just like stuff because you like stuff. And, Can't help uh, it. Do you like the Ozone song? That, uh, like, Bulgarian... Like, was it Dragostad and Tear, whatever it is? No man, no man, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. I love that song, <laughs> and no one else does. But I'm like, it's so catchy. It reminds me of a really fun time, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Mysterious Girl reminds me of the zoo for some reason. I have no idea why. There you go. But like, sort of sounds and smells bring you back to places. You know, it like just reminds that. me, for some reason, Peter Andre's abs in the video. Well, and then that reminds yeah. me of seals. I've no idea. <laughs> shiny, they're shiny. <laughs> Legitimately, that is the re- that is hundred percent the reason. Uh, just I don't know, but I had to go back to to, to be honest about it. So then, timeline here we are. Mm. So, um, the party policy came and went, and then I was like, I don't have anything to show anybody online. I've got my EP, my very first EP, mm-hmm. and then. A couple of tracks that I've recorded on Audacity on mm-hmm. uh, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. but there's mistakes in there that I couldn't fix. I have no idea how to use it. Aye. So there's stuff I was when I was learning stuff. There's even bits of harmony that I didn't like, or uh, and again, obviously that's part of the magic of it, I guess. But I was getting to the point where I was like, I need to have something because people are going to like, especially for part of the palace. I'm excited about it. There's ten thousand tickets sold. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and people are going to maybe come and see me, and, and I'm not going to be able to see. You can find him on Spotify or you can get my on iTunes or whatever. So immediately, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to put an album out initially. Yeah. Because um, I've got an absolute mass of songs to, that I want to put out. Uh, but I got talking about it and I, I spoke to Zay who uh, recorded the, uh, the first EP and yeah. recorded this one. Excuse me. And we're talking about what, what would be best. And he said, well, why don't you do like three smaller, uh, smaller EPs? Put them out maybe like a month or two apart. Nice uh, and just build an album like that yeah because um, obviously it gives us more time as well uh, and um, the, the whole album thing isn't isn't that big a thing anymore do you know what I mean like like people just listen to random tracks or things that they stumble across that breaks my heart man that breaks my heart definitely an album man I'm an album man I love it and it, it stems from my, my pre-hipster love of vinyl I loved vinyl for years before it became cool um, and that's you can't I can't be fucked changing if I stand up halfway through to change it, that's just pointless. Just let it play through. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that comes from it. And Robin hates it. Because see, if something, if something comes out that I've been waiting for, like Brian Fallon's last album, yeah. or uh, Courtney Barnett, who I absolutely adore, 
her album came out uh, like last month, the month before, and she tried to put it on shuffle, and I was like, no, 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 no. How dare you? On on this Spotify, is, this is a start to finish thing. Literally, first time you listen to an album, you need to listen to it for the start because then how do you know what you love? Mm-hmm. There's songs that that I love maybe because they came straight after a song that I'm like, oh, and then I start to like the other song because it leads into that song. Then you start up loving the album. And that's how albums work, yeah. and I love that. It, it's it's a funny thing because like if you if you know an album well, um, at, at the end as the song is fading out, you know what to expect, and so if you hear the song on its own, you're like, it doesn't uh, sound right. Uh, what, uh, if it uh, appears uh, in a playlist, yeah, you get a bit or, lost. or like a greatest hits, you're like, no, no, that's not that's it's not that song that comes next. Literally, or if you listen to greatest hits enough, and then you go back and listen to the album, yeah, you expect whatever's coming next to come next, and it doesn't. With you. Yeah. Honestly, I literally thought about this today. <laughs> Jerry Cinnamon, I know I keep talking about him. No. But for the last day, I thought, well, I say the last day, two days, I've had his CD put in the car uh-huh. uh, on rotation uh, with Ramstein and Friend Rabbit. Uh, interesting combo. It's great, it's great driving <laughs> music. Honestly, it is interesting music to drive to. Um, but I was, I was singing a song driving down my own street on Saturday, today and um, I knew exactly what was coming. Yep. And I literally had that thought of like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know that way you just kind of drift off when you're driving and you yeah. think about stuff? I was thinking about how there are albums like that, like American Idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Idiot has songs on Spotify that just run right into each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't appreciate that because I want to listen to the individual songs. Yeah. But like, I think it's um, like She's a Rebel and St. Jimmy are one song right. on Spotify. And that doesn't make any sense. They're two individual songs. But if you're listening to them separately, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because it stops. I mean, like, it stops dead. Yeah. And that's exactly where albums work uh-huh. and that's why they're effective yeah yeah no like i think <coughs> probably the album that i well an album that i listened to loads when it came out was uh oh by damien rice and um, that was kind of like one of the first sort of singer songwriter albums that i really got into um and and still now um if i hear any of those songs i, I just expect it to roll in straight the next one roll in the next one and uh Aye, it just it's imprinted in my mind as a whole. I think that's great, you know. And do you know, there's people like that with movies and stuff that people are like so obsessed with films that they can tell you every line in the movie. Mm. And I've got albums like that, and I always I've always found it weird uh, that people don't have that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If, if I'm talking to someone, like I spoke to someone today who was in the techno music, uh, and he, he makes techno, and I thought yeah. what he made was amazing. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a fan of EDM or whatever, but I was yeah. like, that's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're talking about albums and I was like that's so weird that you're not into it I don't know I just don't understand that people can enjoy music do you know what I mean and again that's so cheesy to be like oh, I'm a musician you should love music <laughs> but um, like the first the first album that I was probably really like that with was Permission to Land the Darkness yeah. album oh that's you know I, I hadn't listened to that for years and then I, I went to Asda a couple of years ago and I was looking through my phone for what I should listen to it and, and that was on it I was like I'll stick that on such a good album it is the it's dopest album so good it's amazing and I love The Darkness yeah. and I'm going to see them tomorrow oh really uh, they're supporting Queen like Transmit oh so good but uh, I've, I've loved them and that album came out I was uh, 2003 I was 12 years old when it came out uh, oh, man. and I was just like this is the <laughs> fucking greatest album I've ever heard in my life yeah. and it, was, it got me into guitar uh-huh. uh, like proper guitar yeah uh, got me into rock music uh-huh. and then Green Day came along with American Idiot so that was like the perfect combination uh, I was already heavily into Bon Jovi at that point but that, don't no, talk about no, that, no, that, that, that <laughs> I, I, there's nothing wrong with, with that as long as it's not always 
Yeah, oh, well, yeah. aye, aye, but <laughs> encompassed in every other song. Slippery Wet released. and all that, you know, there's, there's some... Oh, dude, Lost Highway is like the late, one of the later albums, but I absolutely oh, adore that I was album, big into Bon Jovi when I was, when I was younger. Definitely. Yeah, I was oh, a Bon Jovi fanboy. Yeah. I love them. That's fine. Um, but where was it? The Darkness. So yes. The Darkness came out with Permission to Land. And, and that album was just literally every single song on it was if I, I just didn't know what to do about it. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? When you're that young and I was like, I don't know how to express how much I love for this album mm-hmm. and I feel like an idiot because no one else did because <laughs> it's a fucking weird album man. when you're 12 years old like, it's, it's sort of like weirdly like awesome rock but also tongue in cheek you know there's a, there's there's a little so bit of beautiful uh, songs in it though aye. see uh, Love uh, Love's Only Feeling mm. oh my god when that song came out I didn't even have the album by this point when it came out I was waiting for the single and I remember going to HMV in Livingston and I said is this out, is this out? can I get it mm-hmm. and the guy was like it's not out until March 14th and I remember it because I was like, that's fucking like a month and a half. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> I can't wait that long. What am I supposed to do? I didn't have enough money to buy the album. Yeah. Uh, I had to wait. I remember buying the CD when it came out, man, and being the happiest guy in the universe. Because yeah. that song is one of the... As much as that album is like a cheesy 80s throwback, uh-huh. that song is absolute gold. It's beautiful, man. And they played it. I saw them supporting the Hollywood Vampires like two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, and they played it second... And it was just as soon as they played it, I've never been, I've never been a fan of the Hydro, like ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were sat. They've got. Have you been? The, have you ever sat at the Hydro? I've, I've never been in the Hydro. Oh no. well. Well, yeah, no. Like, um, it, it was well back in the day. It was just the SCCC that kind of like that was like, nah, it's it's a terrible gig venue, and, and it really is. But one of my favorite gigs ever was at the SCCC. It so, was it. It was interest. It was the prodigy. Um, I think it was 96, 97, and they were supported by the Foo Fighters. And I hadn't, e- shit. I hadn't even known the Foo Fighters were going to be there until I got there. I was like, oh, this is amazing. The Prodigy and the Foo Fighters <laughs> is like the weirdest gig ever, man. That's it was so weird. tremendous. Like, I was down the front for the for the Foo Fighters set, and I was exhausted by the time they were off. So I'd, like for the for the Prodigy set, I just sat in the back. Just, like, I, just, like, I just had to sit down because I was... Drenched, drenched in sweat yeah amazing, it was like a, it was like November or something so you kind of like walk outside afterwards you know that way like you're dripping with sweat half, half, like, di- half oh, die in the morning oh, yeah I feel that yeah, but no it's such a that's gig. amazing it was a great gig anyway sorry yeah I was saying I was literally talking about Foo Fighters earlier I've seen them in uh, 2007 with uh, Nine Inch Nails huh? at Middlebank and I was because it was uh, 10 most disturbing songs ever I was watching a video <laughs> and Closer uh, Nine Inch Nails was on it and I was like Nine Inch Nails are shit live like, <laughs> right, I enjoy their music but they they live it just was horrendous it was just a voice sound and then the Foo Fighters came out mm-hmm. uh, and they bizarrely opened with Everlong and I was so hoping for them to close with it it, it, um, it is more a closing song definitely right exactly but they opened with it mm. and I remember just being like I'd watched the Hyde Park DVD about 100,000 mm. times uh, hoping that they would close with it and never but it was that's, amazing that's something that, that Biffy are great at is intro songs like the, the the intro songs on all their albums are oh, these like, sort of like just beautiful epic the intros, and, and and they start the gigs with them, and you're just like that. Ah, See, yes, um, well played. Two thousand twelve, went to download, and they were they were on the Saturday, mm. so it was. Uh, I, I can't remember. I'm sure it was Biffy, Tenacious D, the Metallica. Oh man! Um, and we went down for Biffy, obviously, oh, yeah. and we had this big like five foot Scotland flag. And I remember right as they were coming on, they started playing like the the, the kind of weird boots mm-hmm. and they started uh, the captain. Yep. And my mate put me on his shoulders and just the whole crowd just lit up. Yeah. And there was about 50,000 people in the crowd and it was sunny 
And it was just like, oh shit, I'm like a Scottish man and there's like 50,000 English people. Obviously not, maybe like 30,000 English people and then a bunch of mixed um, yeah. nationalities or whatever. But it was amazing. And I loved that feeling. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was amazing. Um, Try to think about where I got to. So, so you're at the Hydro. That was where we're... Oh, the Hydro. Back. Yes. So, for the Hollywood Vampires in the Darkness, mm-hmm. uh, there's like a seating bit. So, the stage is here. Then there's like a middle seating bit here. Then there's like kind of squares around the side. Mm-hmm. And we were here, right at the front. So, we're literally like 12 feet from each other. And the sound was fantastic. Uh-huh. And it was super loud. Yeah. But... I saw Morehead at the, at the SECC in 2007 uh-huh. and it was literally the loudest thing I've ever experienced. Excuse me, Jizo. That's alright. That's what I get for giving you beer. Ah, <laughs> on a podcast on beer. <laughs> um, literally the loudest thing I've ever experienced. I was deaf for, uh, deaf? Deaf for three days after that. I was uh, Joan Jett, Morehead and Alice Cooper at the SECC and I was I could not hear a word for three days. <laughs> uh, and it was exactly the same position. So we're right under, this, right under the, uh, the rack of the speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'd missed the Danbro plane we missed them got in time right in time for the darkness uh, and no one else was out for it do you know what I mean the, the crowd was absolutely pants and we were sat uh, I was sat next to this big guy big muscly guy and mm-hmm. I was like Jesus so when the darkness started playing I started singing along do you know what I mean I absolutely I know every single word yep. the older stuff yep. Um, I got really excited about it and no one else was so I couldn't get excited that's weird it is Cause, weird because like, I, I, I know a few people that really <coughs> love that album Oh, dude, it's right. amazing, and they were obviously they played new stuff as well. But for even for the old stuff, no one was standing up, no one was really getting into it, and he made fun of it. And to give him his jersey, he literally ripped the piss out of the crowd. He was uh-huh. like, "This is a fucking joke! Like, stand up! What's going on?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, just laughing about it. And uh, by the end, it was like, well, "I don't think it was a better crowd." Like, literally, just <laughs> taking out the and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was deserved because the crowd was like literally yeah. a nightmare until right at the very end. Yeah. They played. Uh, one way ticket to hell mm-hmm. and they've got the cowbell and then when they started playing the cowbell literally everyone stood up weird. as if by magic weird. I was like this is so weird man what we need is more cowbell woo that's exactly what I said to Rob I was like we should have had cowbell songs ago songs ago uh, but they were amazing and they're playing at half past four tomorrow so I finish work at quarter to twelve uh, and then get on it and then go Excellent. see Queen uh, about the darkness in Queen in Texas but uh, I'm not sold although like I say paying in Scottish way indeed so, where did we get to again uh I, I, we should probably wrap it up almost I'm very close to the end though so that was June the start of June mm-hmm. so I was like right need to record a CP um, so I got in touch with Zayd and I said listen like when are you free can I to get this done I want to get it done and online um, and I always had this date in my mind of like the 13th of July yep so the 13th of July was the day my dad took out last year yeah. and this year was a Friday so I was like what better day to do it absolutely Um so we went in with the, the intention of recording the, the demo over a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And again, I got them out. So that was four songs. <coughs> Excuse me, four songs uh, in five hours from 10 o'clock until three. Um, we got four songs out and that was the like the bass track. So I, I don't play the click either on these ones. Yep. So there's like the uh, lead vocal and guitar parts. Uh, second... Uh, complete harmony like the exact same yeah. the first harmony like the high harmony and then yeah. the guitar parts or whatever and it all came together literally within I think about an hour and a half track excellent so it worked out pretty well that's that's good going that's an impressive work rate it's just so 
Sorry. No, I was just going to say it's because if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. Yeah. And that's what Zayd paid me the nicest compliment because he was just like, I feel, and Zayd's studio, by the way, is in his house. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it's so, like, I'm not sure if you've seen any pictures of it or that, uh, but it's so like the, the most chilled. He's got his big, like, his big desk and all mm-hmm. his monitors and all these weird, like, Willy Wonka equipment. <laughs> and then there's just, like, big throws. Uh, and there was lights on, like we lights on, and it was just like the nicest. I felt like I was about fifty years back in the past. Yeah, and uh, he said the exact same thing. He was like, "Is that I imagine this being what like Dylan was like when he was recording?" Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And and again, I was like, "Don't fucking say that. That's a really weird compliment." <laughs> uh, but just because he said he was like, "You just are recording it raw, and then you're going back over it." Uh, and you're able to hit the time, and although you are maybe off time with how the click would be, but you're still keeping with your own. Exactly, time, when I'm harmonising or when I'm playing guitar, it's exactly when I want it to be, mm. uh, and that's why I'm re-recording. I, I was supposed to go yesterday and didn't because the traffic. It was a fucking nightmare. Mm. Um, re-recording the last track, uh, the Skipping Stones. I've recorded. I recorded three songs. Tell I, I recorded three. Then I went back and done one. Yep. The song that I recorded last. Uh, I wasn't quite happy with the level on it. I was happy with this, the song and how it came out, uh-huh. but I wanted the high harmony just to be brought down a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and I wanted to put a second harmony over the whistle. I did a whistle part. And then he messaged me on Instagram and he was like, dude, uh, my computer basically formatted itself. Like, I've lost uh-huh. that, whole, that one track. And I was like, you cannot be serious. Uh, it almost days like 20 minutes away, but I was yeah. like, man, it's such a nightmare. Um, it didn't take it too hard though because I knew I wanted to re-record it anyway yeah <coughs> so well, so I was like well what perfect excuse all's well that ends well so I've got if I, if I don't manage to get down I was supposed to get down yesterday I'm going down on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, if it was all to fall through I wasn't to get recorded I could easily put out what I've recorded now uh, and yeah. be happy with it yeah it's just a case that I'm pernickety about it Aye. Uh, and I want it to be every other song is exactly how I want it and literally cool. I've never felt so happy in the fact that I've thought of these songs I've written the lyrics and yeah. uh, done the harmonies Robin hates it because I do my own harmony. But <laughs> no, that's, that's, it's an interesting sound though, doing your own harmonies. I've like, never harmonised with anyone better. Because nah. <laughs> I know literally exactly where I want to go. Yeah, do you no, know what I mean? I, 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 I like it. <clears throat> layers and layers where I've layered up like, when I was doing it myself, I was layering up maybe like six. And this is like, for the, like there's a chanty chorus in Skipping Stones for instance at the end, uh, this is almost the end of the EP. Uh, it's just a really happy chorus mm-hmm. and it's got like a big choir feel. Um, and that came for that and it just builds up and builds up and builds up so I've got like the one layer then the second layer then we bit say kind of high harmony and then we bit say like chorus harmony and then chorus harmony and then chorus harmony so although it's just me myself obviously sometimes there's like maybe four of me singing in the, the chorus so it's doing different different harmonies kind of bigger and high. yeah and I got it I recorded a charity track I done a, a fundraiser for Chaz um, like the Child's Hospice uh-huh. Uh for Noah, like your mom, um, my best mate's boy passed away. Yeah. Uh, on his fifth anniversary, we done it at the Purple Orange. Raised nice. about twelve hundred fifty quid. Oh wow, that's great. Uh, but we re- recorded a charity single of the very first song I ever wrote. Uh-huh. Uh, wrote rather, which yeah. was Faithful Departed. Um, and we recorded it, and it was me and Eva and Scott Nesbitt. Do you know, have you ever played with him? The name rings a bell, but I, I, I don't, I don't know him. He's been, a, he's been away for a while. He's playing at uh, Part of the Palace. Right, I recommend. That's cool. He's on the Sunday, but I recommend if you if you're able to use your pass mm-hmm. to go back in, I would check him out. Um, he's just brilliant, mm-hmm. and he plays <coughs> plays guitar and he sings. He's got really like oh, Tom Waits voice, like right. really super yep. deep, but he's super really really skilled on guitar. Uh, and I'd whistle to him what I wanted him to play. <laughs> uh, 
and how I wanted it to sound. Yeah. And literally, so the the faithful departed. Um, I recorded this at the Purple Orange. It was the only thing I ever recorded while I was uh, on the label. Mm-hmm. Um. Was so it was me and my guitar, then my second vocals, then Eva done a wee bit of backing vocals for the chorus and like the high parts harmony. Mm-hmm. Scott came in and did like a kind of backing Django guitar all the way through. Mick himself recorded the solo. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, that I whistled to him again because yeah. I was like, I don't know what to play. <laughs> and then uh, I done this bit where we were standing. And this is literally 15 seconds at some points the whole rest of my musical career because I was standing singing at the mic. Uh, with Eva doing mm-hmm. the chorus part and I just started going like super high and I knew I could do it I knew I could hit the notes but I'd never sang them in front of anyone before yeah um, it was like it just sounded really nice and I kept it and it sounds fantastic in my opinion obviously um, as a it's just a throwaway do you know what I mean it was done yeah. and it was that but that is, that, is that on thing. your SoundCloud yes I've heard it that so it's that nice. chorus yeah, part yeah, in the middle and um, and I, I love it, and that kind of influenced me how I wanted to go forward. Because I'd never, I'd never double tracked. So when I'd done the nine tracks in one night, uh-huh. that was literally just me and my guitar, and that's why it was so easy and quick. Yeah. Um. Obviously, if I was to go back now, I'd do it in hindsight. I could re-record these songs. There's a million people that have never heard. Seven billion people have never heard. Them, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Give or take. Yeah. Exactly. So I could. Robin's always like, "Are oh, your songs sound the same?" Right, more than me. And I get that. There's songs that I'm writing the melody to, especially if I'm just writing the lyrics down that I'm singing the same or similar melodies to. Yeah. But then there's times where I'm like, like last night I was sitting, we wrote a song yesterday, and I was like, um, yeah, I get that, it sounds kind of similar, but I'm just trying to get the lyrics, so I can memorise these lyrics, and then build that into, then just going with the melody, because I've got all these old songs, I've got 30, 35 or 36 songs, that that's, are literally, that's, that's three albums worth, man, that's, uh, well, there's some sh- really shit songs in there, but, well, uh, uh, there's songs that I would pretty use. much everyone you've ever heard have stuck in a few fillers here and there, so. yeah, well, exactly, um, but, Going back over the songs that I'd, writ- I'd written, even like before the last album came out, the, but they didn't make the cut, mm-hmm. or that I'd written in that period between the album coming out and uh, my mental breakdown, mm. uh, as it was. Do you know what I mean? It's obviously, it's no fucking mental breakdown, but there's songs in there that I'd written and never played live, yeah. or the no one's ever heard apart from me and Robin, uh-huh. that I was going over and playing them again, and Robin was like, that's quality. That's cool. Like the, That's the, the, the new way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a song, Hollywood, like the first track I played off that. I played for the first time in literally about 18 months. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that sounds brand new. Uh-huh. So like, have you changed the way you, you play it or is it just because it sounds new? Well, I'm not sure. Song? I'm not sure. Because uh, the, the whole, like, um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of Shaky Graves. I don't know if you know Shaky Graves. He's a, a guy from Texas. A gentleman from Texas, no less. Um and his first few albums, his sound has changed a little bit actually, which you know is, it's uh, I it, I still I still like his stuff, but it is a bit different now. But he's kind of like a um, folky bluesy country kind of guy, um, uh, but he mixes up his songs like he's got like a, a, one or two of his songs who are different versions and different albums, and if you hear him live, um, he'll kind of do something a little bit different and. I love that. You know what I mean? Like, it really, if you figure it away, and, and I, I, need to, I wish I did it more with my own stuff, I should do it more with my own stuff. Um, that's the easiest thing in the world to do as well. Is, and, and just like, oh, I've, I've heard that before, that lyric sounds similar, but, but the, the music, melody yeah, is different. Like you've just changed the tempo, that's or you've, you know, and it, you know makes, what, it can make a world of difference. What struck it off, there was a song that I'd written once, and there was, I was trying to bust up, uh, I bust up one night, and there was this guy, this was like 11 or 12 o'clock at night, it was late, mm-hmm. 
uh, and he's like have you got a line and I was like yep there you go and he pulled out a joint about that size, right? <laughs> about seven or eight inches long and I was like Jesus this isn't a Livingston bus depot uh-huh. right and I was like oh my goodness and we still chatting away and he's like do you want some and I was like nah you're alright mate big like long like nails and he looked mental right mm-hmm. uh, but we're chatting away and he'd had uh, he'd been into drugs and all that kind of mad stuff but mm-hmm. his rave days and he'd uh, been into coke a lot and he'd had a basically he'd had a brain hit and she'd done that many that many drugs that he just yeah. his, his body just gave in mm-hmm. um, and he got on the bus after smoking and standing chatting to him for about 15 minutes while he smoked uh, he got on the bus and I was still waiting I was waiting to get picked up and I was like oh sitting in there uh, so I walked along the zebra crossing at Bubbles and I was like mm-hmm. right I'm getting picked up here and I just started writing on the phone and it uh-huh. came out as a whole song and when it came out uh, or when I'd written it it was like a really depressing really shitty like song that I was writing at that time uh-huh. um, and about 18 months later I went back to it and it was just the, the, just a wee chilled kind of upbeat yep. indie song almost uh-huh. do you know what I mean and it, it, it's that interesting and now I'm going back and doing this with the depressing songs that I've written uh, that that are like Robin's always moaned about being depressed and whatever <laughs> and just bringing them up and you can do it I've done it with songs literally that I've never played before uh-huh. like somebody sing that a song that I know the words to you can play four chords and sing any song in the world yeah uh, and I'm doing it with my own stuff mm-hmm. and it's making it interesting again oh, that's um, cool. and it's obviously people have never heard these songs and that's yeah. I had to remind myself last night with that song that she was moaning about that well, I don't really, it doesn't really matter if anyone's heard if if, if I'm writing the same, the same song 35 times yeah no one's heard them mm-hmm. I can write this song 100 million times as long as no one hears it no one's going to know it's um, true yeah it, obviously they're not like there's maybe two that, that and this one is a rip off of a song that I've written before not a rip off but I'm using the same like, yeah, a similar yeah. melody but, but, but you've just kind of like Frankenstein them yeah well exactly yeah. Uh-huh. and the, this is uh, the, the yeah. song that came from was uh, The Fool Who Be King which is a song about Donald Trump that mm-hmm. I never planned really on recording anyway yeah uh, and I've not even really hijacked it I've hijacked the chords a little bit not hijacked the melody too much but it was never going to get played uh-huh. and this one is a, a really pretty song that I'm proud of do you know what so. funnily enough I've got a song like my, my Donald Trump song that I mentioned earlier on um, that's in open G tuning because I was trying to learn uh Shaky Graves tune, so I was in open G, so I tried writing it, um, and uh, so I've got this Donald Trump song, but then I've also got another song which I, I like better, which uses the same little kind of motif in a slightly different time signature, um, and I'm like, well, that's the one that I would use, you know, like my Donald Trump one is a bit of a throwaway, kind of like a bit of a, a bit of a laugh kind of thing. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like you kind of it's like, difficult. Yeah, and then yeah, I have to try and make sacrifices, and yeah, that's yeah. like I felt. I felt I was like, oh, fuck, I've ripped it off. But then I was like, I'm ripping myself off. Exactly. So Do you know what I mean? There's it's, exactly. It's I'm not hurting anybody. <laughs> uh, and but she was giving me such grief about it, and I ended up. I changed it last night. I was thinking about it, and I was playing these depressing chords again, and I was singing over it, and I was like, oh, no, this is not right. So I went back in today, like before I came around here, uh, and she was actually jamming some chords. And do you know what? The last couple of days, the last two weeks. Um, well, I've been teaching Rob's guitar. Uh-huh. I gave her the, the guitar that I was playing yeah, before. Yeah. So I've been teaching her for a couple of years. And now she's getting to the point where I don't even need to teach her. She's teaching she's just herself. doing her own thing. Yeah, which is amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and helped me out because we were playing. She was playing a few chords tonight. Uh, and I just picked up the lyrics that I'd written. Uh-huh. Obviously, I've, I've had the, the happy version, the sad version. And then Robbins came along and played these songs. And for some reason, I find it a lot easier, obviously because I'm not going to think about it, mm. to sing a melody and make it interesting when someone else is playing. That's cool. Uh, so she was giving it just playing a few chords simple as you like mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just singing over them and it works so 
I was like, record it, stick on your phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's working out. We've got a nice partnership right now. Where would it be with our phones to record our ideas? I thought you were going to say where you're going to be with there. I was like, in a ditch. Probably, man. I should have been going up for the kind of like highbrow, this is where would it be with our, our wives and partners, but actually I just want to be with that our phones. That's, that's a, that's a shocking indictment of, of my own uh, aye, my own outlook on life. Um, <laughs> there we are. Well, I was just going to say, um, Heather Bank Hill, Yes, I've seen the name kicking about on a few of your demos and stuff that you've had. So has this been something you've been thinking about for a while then? Yeah, aye, aye. I've tried to even realise anyone's paying attention. No, so, I've, I've, uh, yeah. I don't know, I've, I've noticed stuff here and there, but obviously I, I did do a little bit of additional research because I didn't come well, over. But uh, I'm, I'm impressed because <laughs> it's been kind of in the background for a long time. Yeah, um, it's been something I wanted to write for for uh, obviously I've written, the songs have been there. Do you know what I mean they're going to be an album? Heather Bank, it was supposed to be the next album, right? Uh, and it just kind of fell apart a wee bit it, just because I was there was the songs just kept coming and yeah. it, it went from being a story to being jumbled yeah. and there was loads of songs about random stuff and random things and mm-hmm. random people uh, and then it started making sense again yeah. so I've had to kind of deco- reconstruct it deconstruct it reconstruct it again and this is why the three EPs are here so I've got this one Heather Van Kill which is uh, Ode to Home Skipping Stones, Heart Tech Magic Trick, and Warwind the Week, mm-hmm. which are all kind of like um, songs about life and hope. Yep. Uh, the next one, I'm not really 100% sure what it's going to be called yet. I'm thinking like Nidre, Nidre Steps or something like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, Nidre Boy. Uh, and that's, I think I might include some protesty stuff, war yeah. stuff, um, just because it's written and I'm really proud of the songs. Aye, too, right. So are you going to have like a, a theme for each of them kind of thing? Or yeah, Well, yeah, I think so. Right. So it's not like the album is going to be 10 songs about like love and home. Yeah. Uh, this one's like four songs about love and home, four songs about uh, war and death and killing people, and then four songs about probably the resolution of death and moving forward for you and what comes next. That sounds interesting. I like it. And that one will be probably Main Street Mountain or something like that. Like <laughs> literally, because we've got Heather Van Kill and Nidra Steps, uh, and then Main Street has been the weirdest, most bonkers two and a half years I've ever experienced in my life. And I've loved every minute. Well, most minutes. Yeah, There's yeah, been a few share points, but for the vast majority of the time, I've been extremely happy. So is this all different places that you've stayed, essentially? Yeah, literally, yeah. Uh, I was born and raised in the gym. Until, well, I said raised until I was four. <laughs> uh, moved to Lady Bell High Bank. Um, and I grew up, like I was there until I was 25. Do mm-hmm. you know 20 years? Yeah. Um, and I met people, I lost people. I, gained the most mental friendships and the stories that you'll ever believe in your life like Warwind of the Week is it sounds like nonsense uh-huh. and it, it is but it's, it makes sense if you if you know the stories if you, if you know the all, all yeah. the, the threads that excuse me I'm not on the road uh, my cousin's uh, I think he's, he's playing the lodge night as well but mm-hmm. I'm not him yet uh, and he asked me about it I went down to Jamwell a couple of weeks ago for, during the further out wedding I went to Jamwell <laughs> Uh, and he's asking about it. He's like, "So, what's the like? What's the what is the PHS?" And I was like, "Well, I've got PHS tattoo." And the guy at Downwood asked the exact same. And I was like, "It's the Purple Heart Squadron." So when I was younger, uh, my best mate got a Purple Heart tattoo on his arm, mm-hmm. and I went and got one that matched. And everyone was like, "Oh my god, you get those tattoos!" So, and no one ever did except my mate Dave, who got one last year. But for so, years, so he's he's now a member of PHS. Yeah, that? well, everyone was a member <laughs> of PHS. So the PHS was this group, like two thousand um, eleven, twelve, and thirteen, just blew up, and there was like literally at one point about thirty of us going out every week and uh-huh. just not 
doing anything. We were just getting drunk, do you know what I mean? Having a great time. Uh, and we'd all tag each other and just have a good laugh. And that friend group is something I'll always cherish, man. Yeah. Um, so the PHS arrived again. Um, they, really, the rest of it, that song comes from my tattoos. Yeah. So, like, literally, I've got the introduction. Uh, I've got Ready to Kill Mask, My Love, uh, True Love is Born on the Radio Waves. Yeah. So this is a, a quote uh, against me. Like one on the FM waves, right? And um, and that's where I wrote it. Literally, I just thought about my tattoos and wrote, Peace, wrote from my feet, wrote from my feet up. <laughs> like literally, I've got a Led Zeppelin tattoo that I wrote, like I drew on myself. Uh, one night when me and Rob were like, this was like years and years ago. Yeah. Uh, when she, we were just kind of starting to see each other, I tattooed myself. Um, so I've got LZ. So so to life, listening to Led Zeppelin, wondering if the PHS, which I've got here, yep. which is Robin's first tattoo. Uh, Read again and Avery Birds, like literally, they just I've got every these references, yeah, that, and it's just really stupid, yeah, yeah, stupid yeah. things that people will be like, that's so random, but things that have been the most complimented. That song is taken off, it took off when, yeah, I, really, yeah. when I put that video up. Now you got a ton of views, like that. I was like, oh shit, and like, you know what I mean? I've never experienced that before, yeah, that's um, awesome. So it's, it's cool, it's cool, um, feedback, and I think that's why I'm so excited. Because I've been waiting so long to put something out, and finally I've got this edge back where I'm like, people are actually listening to it and they're interested. Where can I go next? Well, I'll tell you exactly where you're going next. It's purple orange. <laughs> I like you. I like uh, segue. 14th, yeah. 14th of July. Yes. So the the, the launch, launch party. party is the 14th. The album's coming out. Uh, the EP rather is coming out on the 13th. Just because I'm edgy. Uh, I released it the last time. I released it on the 22nd of August, and I released the album. I had the party the same day. Yeah. Because people today listen to it. Exactly, yeah, yeah, they can uh, uh, build some momentum. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about the, album, uh, about the EP coming out itself. Robin has been amazing with the artwork, man. No, like, I, 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 love, I love the, the album artwork. It's very cool. Robin Jackson at Inkwell. Um, she's an amazing artist. And literally, she came up with this idea. I was thinking about different stuff. And she was like, I've got this idea, right? It's like an evolution theory, right? Like, kneel down. Right, stand up a wee bit. Up a wee bit. Right, look back. <laughs> Right, we're, we're done. Okay. And then that was it. And I was like, all right, sound. Took the pictures and then that was done. And then about 15 minutes later, she came back with this amazing artwork. And That's I was like, so cool. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and it took you just literally 10 minutes. Do you know what I mean? I... Um, but she smashed it. And then she's done loads of other stuff. Like, there's one that I've not posted yet uh, that she's drew up with me. And I'm like, that is the coolest thing ever. And I think, I didn't even realize it, but the album, Don't Watch the Weird Away, in 15, was black and white. Uh, and then now the EP covers black and white and then all the artwork that we've designed for going forward is black kind of and white kind so of monochrome kind of yeah so it's worked out pretty cool man so yeah I'm really chuffed so big props to Robs uh, and to yourself and Paddy and Stefan and big props to the scene absolutely you know I, 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 I it feels to me like there is a a good wee scene going on in West Lothian about moment. renaissance indeed, indeed. I'm, I'm ex- super excited to be a part of it yeah yeah me too man I'm enjoying it very much so Thank you very much for, for coming over. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back for another conversation very soon.